Hey, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to look at Luke chapter 11, 29 through 54. It's a quite long passage, so stick with me here. It says this, as the crowd pressed in on Jesus, he said, this evil generation keeps asking me to show them a miraculous sign, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of Jonah. What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God had sent him. What happens to the son of man will be a sign to these people that he was sent by God. The queen of Sheba will stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. For she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. The people of Nineveh will also stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. For they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is bad, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. Then the Lord said to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you, for you're like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without even knowing the corruption they're stepping on. Teacher, said an expert in religious law, you've insulted us too in what you've just said. Yes, said Jesus, what sorrow also awaits you experts in religious law, for you crush people with unbearable religious demands and you never lift a finger to ease the burden. What sorrow awaits you, for you build monuments for the prophets your own ancestors have killed long ago. But in fact, you stand as witnesses who agree with what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you join in their crime by building the monuments. This is what God, in his wisdom, said about you. I will send prophets and apostles to them, but they will kill some and persecute the others. As a result, this generation will be held responsible for the murder of all God's prophets from the creation of the world, from the murder of Abel to the murder of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, it will certainly be charged against this generation. 
what sorrow awaits you, experts in religious law, for you remove the key to knowledge from the people. You don't enter into the kingdom yourselves, and you prevent others from entering. As Jesus was leaving, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees became hostile and tried to provoke him with many questions. They wanted to trap him into saying something they could use against him. All right. Well, no wonder they're a little hostile. I mean, how, how, how would you like to be at a dinner party? And while you're at the dinner party, someone starts saying what sorrow awaits you and then goes on to describe something you think you're doing good, but in reality is producing um, evil or uh, is bad. And you're being condemned and, and, you know, judged in that way. And no wonder they were uh, they were upset with Jesus. Jesus called out the religious leaders. And this is something we see continually in the in the book of Luke. We see Jesus engaging religious leaders, Pharisees, uh, people who study God's word, the law, and and help people learn to interpret it to know how to live. And uh, Jesus, there's a lot of different themes going on in this passage we just read, this large passage. It deals with uh, repentance. In other words, Jesus says, listen, uh, I'm calling you to turn around. I'm calling you as a nation. I'm calling you as a people to change your direction, but you are not listening. You keep asking for a sign, a miracle, something to prove that I am who I say I am, that I'm that I'm leading you to life, and yet you're not listening. You're not paying attention. And then he brings up a couple examples. He says, you know, the nation of Nineveh, this great evil nation, the uh, city, this great um enemy of our people, Nineveh, they even turned away from the way they were living when Jonah, which many people considered him kind of like a clown or a joke of a, of a prophet, showed up and, and pronounced judgment. The, the, even the evil city of Nineveh turned around, uh, and Jesus says, but yet you don't turn around, and I'm here. The very king, Jesus, the Son of God, is present, uh, and yet you're not seeking me. And you're not turning around. You're not repenting. And then he goes on to talk about uh, greed and stinginess. And uh, that relates all to the light uh, and to the eye. Having a good eye in ancient times meant you were generous. Having an evil eye or a or a bad eye meant that you were stingy. Um, and so Jesus says, listen, there's no true generosity here. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing your tithes. You're giving your 10%. You're going about... Uh, looking, trying to look impressive with your life. But in reality, the inside, who you are, what your life is about is untouched because really all the religious stuff you're doing is so that you look good. So people are impressed. So people, you know, give you a respectful greeting as you walk through the marketplace. But the reality is inside you're dead inside you're corrupt, inside you're stingy. God wants to transform you from the inside out. And that means you, like the evil city, our, our enemies, Nineveh, need to turn around. You, like the queen of Sheba, need to come and look for the wisdom that I'm bringing. And so Jesus here is saying, listen, the light has come. In me, the light has come. But the reality is you, my own people, are rejecting me. And those who are opposing him are, are, are missing him. They're missing who he is. Uh, and, and even with all their good outer good works, their impressive image, their religiosity, they are 
corrupt, they are selfish, they are stingy, they think they're enlightened, but they refuse to repent because they're proud. They are not humble, and therefore they're missing the kingdom. And not only that, they're preventing other people from missing the kingdom. So this passage is very challenging. To me, it reminds me that doing religious activities, doing religious activities, being generous, giving a little money, doing a good deed, all of these things can be done from a transformed heart, someone who has experienced life change from God through Jesus Christ, someone who's experienced the grace, amazing grace of God and responds with outer goodness, or it can be done in pride. And so all our giving, all our good works, all our church attendance or whatever can be done from a place of pride. And I think the question for us today is, what's going on inside? What's going on inside you today? Do you find yourself humble? Do you find yourself amazed at God's love for you today? Do you find yourself in awe of God's forgiveness? Do you find yourself in wonder at how God has welcomed you into his family? And what is behind the good things you're seeking to do? Is it the goodness of God welling up inside you? Is it thankfulness and praise of God? Is it coming from a place of humility that says, it's not about me, it's about God and what he wants to do in the world? If not, Jesus invites us to turn around like the city of Nineveh did when they heard the great prophet Jonah tell them that God's judgment was coming. It just means we have to change the way we're thinking. And so today, when it comes to the religious activities of your life, are you pinning your value and acceptance from God on those things? Or are those things coming about because you've experienced the acceptance and love of God? Because it's there that we begin to be changed and transformed from the inside out. And so how is God speaking to you today? And then what will be your action step as a result? Let's pray. God, we recognize that we are not accepted by you because of anything we've done. We are rescued and saved and redeemed and freed because of your love, because of your unmerited grace and favor, because of your gift of your son. And so again, we just put down all our good works and we open our arms and say, Jesus, rescue me. I'm turning around from trying to make my own way. I'm turning around from trying to look impressive. I'm turning around from pride and I'm turning toward you, toward humility, toward dependence on you, toward you changing me from the inside out. And so today, God, show me how you would have me live. Change me, transform me, Holy Spirit, from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.